The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road Although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your home Good morning, Hamilton. This is Rob Golfie with Remax, the Golfie team. Welcome to the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton edition with host Rick Zamprin. Another beautiful Saturday is here, and we are talking uh, about the biggest real estate stories in and around the city, and in some, you know, in some aspects across the country as well. There's some pretty interesting things to chat about today on the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition here on 900 CHML. Of course, Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax's Scartman Realty, the Golfie team. You want to get the Golfie team on your team if you're selling your home and want to do so for top dollar in this, uh, I'll say, very interesting real estate market. Go online to robgolfie.com. That's Rob G-O-L-F-I.com. You can call Hamilton and Burlington's number one Remax team in volume and unit sales, 905-575-7700. Check out the Golfie team on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Rob, how was your week? Uh, it was uh, it was uh, interesting, let's say. But uh, I think uh, it was just, uh, you know, just in, in general, um, appointments are kind of, like, leveled out throughout the week. Like, there's, like, like, like there was huge jumps. This is based on August 29th to the September 4th of last week. Mm-hmm. We know last weekend was the Labor Day weekend. And uh, like Mondays, there was a big jump in booking uh, showings. Tuesday was pretty good. Wednesday was the highest of all, all the days. Uh, Thursday was good. Usually it's Thursday, Friday and uh, Thursday and Fridays are the big days, but it looks like it's, it's leveled out to uh, the whole week. Like there's no really, uh, big, like, like this is the day you got to make sure your house hits the market, right? So right, the market's yeah. changing. And, uh, so year over year, um, it's, we're eight and a half percent down, uh, based from last year, this year, and, uh, the same week of appointments. So in 2020, we did 17,696 appointments that week. This year we did 16,186 appointments. So it, 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 the same week last year um, is a little down, So, but now uh, we'll see how things are going. It is a little quieter than usual. Uh, I know kids are back to school. Things are a little different, so yep. we'll see how the, the rest of the month goes. But, yeah, it is, it is in general, a little quieter uh, than, uh, than I anticipated for the first week of uh, September. But, I mean, we're just coming out of Labor Day weekend and, and coming, you know, kids are going back to school so we'll see what uh, what happens uh, transpires next week. It's- 
been a pretty wild uh, year to 18, 19 months, of course, with the onset of the pandemic in uh, March slash April of, of 2020, uh, really put uh, the real estate market on hold. But then after that, it absolutely exploded. Uh, sales off the charts, house prices skyrocketing. Uh, that has calmed down a bit. We're no longer in a seller's market per se. It's more of a balanced market. Do you see that continuing at least for the next couple of months? Uh, I, I think it will pick up just into our regular normal fall market. And uh, I, I think if anybody's looking at buying anything, uh, I would, I personally would probably do it now before the spring market kicks in um, uh, the end of February uh, for beginning of March next year. Uh, but I do, I do feel that it's going to pick up. Uh, it's just, it's just, you know, it just, we don't know what kicks it off, but it just all of a sudden everybody wakes up one morning and says, Hey, we're going to look for a house and start buying, <laughs> buying a house uh, this week. And it, and, it, and it's just like, like I said, week by uh, markets change day by day and also week by week. And uh, so it, it hasn't kicked in yet. So it, uh, I feel it will probably in the next week or so it's going to kick in and, and we're, we're going to have a robust, robust uh, month of uh, September. So this could be good news for buyers who, um, you know, are looking at what has happened over the last number of months with prices continuing to go up. They might see this market as being one that they can jump into now. And and even for home sellers, because the summer was obviously not as hot as the spring, but there may, might be a little bit of rebound for home sellers as well. Is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I, I'd say, you know, if you're looking at buying, uh, I'd I, I jump in, uh, and, and, and there was an article out there. They said, listen, uh, you better, if you're looking for a house, you better buy now before next year comes in because things are, things are going to start uh, moving forward. We're going to get a lot of, uh, a lot of people are move, starting to move into the country and, uh, the immigrants that have been approved two years ago. Now they're going to, you know, they're booking their flights to come here to stay here permanently. So, uh, they're needing places to rent and they are also buying places. So, uh, once that, that's, that blow starts coming in, and it's going to, and I expect that going to be more and more next year. Um, so, like I said, now, now, timing-wise, I'd probably seriously look at buying something right now if you are a buyer. Selling, um, you know, just depends on your circumstances and, and timing. Uh, I mean, we're definitely up from last year uh, average sale price. Uh, you know, so year over year, we're we're all we're way ahead compared to you know two years ago three years ago so i mean even if you bought a house a year ago and sold it this year you've done, you've done very very well for yourself so um so you know don't kid yourself you can you know the market i just i can't believe it's just continuing but it just keeps going it just uh you know and and the ones that are really selling are the ones that and like we talked before the, the house is done to the nine they're they're moving uh they're they're moving quite quite high and then I was also checking to see what was the most expensive house. It was in Ancaster on Sulphur Springs Road for $4.3 million hmm. this year so far. It was wow. the highest, most expensive home that sold, uh, which was, uh, you know, a, a beautiful property. And in and and this property, uh, whoever bought it, they still have to put in probably, I'd say, another two hundred fifty to 500000 into it. Really? That? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. because it, it was a dated a lot of money home? that has to be put in. You know, they have to do some fixing. That was a, can you believe it? It was a power of sale that sold. Wow. It was a power of sale. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So things are moving along, and uh, and uh, I think, uh, you know, timing-wise, I jump uh, I jump in buying real estate now because uh, uh, next year I think it's just going to continue growing. 
Still to come on the show, we'll talk about uh, house flippers, how they're uh, having a hard time finding enough fixer-uppers in this market. We'll also talk about uh, Remax responding to what the federal political parties have been saying about real estate and housing affordability and uh, the lack of housing supply during the federal election campaign. We'll get to that as well. Um, Buying and selling a home is uh, getting a little bit more expensive in a small town, Ontario um, uh, town, which is not too far away from us, and that is Brantford, uh, the latest mid-sized Ontario city that is attracting attention from, well, all over the place. The local real estate market in Brantford is uh, really skyrocketing as we speak. Year-to-date selling price uh, is uh, averaging out at $706,000. Home prices in Brantford spiking 36% com- uh, compared to the first seven months of 2020. And in July, the average home price reached a record high of $739,000. That is a 30% increase over the previous year. What is happening in Brantford? You know what? It's a nice small community. Uh, it, it, it is affordable. Um, people caught on, especially in the last three years, uh, since 2017, uh, there was a huge jump of everybody going towards, uh, uh, Brantford just because of the fact of the pricing. And, and usually when there's communities that have a very low average sale price, um, they have significant price jumps just because of the affordability and everybody just flocks to that area. And that's what drives the market up. Hmm. Um, and Brantford, I mean, it's a small community. Uh, I mean, it, like if you live in Brantford, um, they've got like, it's almost like a mini Hamilton almost like, cause they've got like an old area and uh, they got some new areas, but they've got like, I mean, I, you drive some of the old neighborhoods. I, I, I love the houses there. Just, just like uh, downtown Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Um, but but again, uh, affordability and uh, and it's still affordable. But Brantford is getting is, is starting to climb. It's starting to it's starting to get to a point where you know even the uh, millennials are looking at Brantford saying you know I can't go that far. It's too it's too much money. So in saying that, it, you know it's a two it, hour it just, it's a two all, hour drive all the outside communities around the GTA are just are just getting uh, more expensive, and it's just it's just the way the market's going. That's true. It's it's the ripple effect. It's you know when a home sells in Toronto or Mississauga or, uh, you know, Richmond Hill, whatever the case is, and they're moving this way, they're driving up the price as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's going to continue going that way. Um, so now, I mean, um, who knows what's going on with this pandemic? People are working at home. Companies are getting used to it. They're, you know, now they're allowing it uh, for them to do that all the time. And uh, so you're going to get more people moving away from the GTA uh, as time goes on. I mean, right now we got we got there's a percentage of the population that's probably still staying in Toronto that, you know, they're not sure if their company is going to allow them to stay home after the pandemic. But once they find out and you're going to see another wave, you're going to see another wave of people say, hey, listen, I can work in Niagara Falls. I can work in Hamilton or or wherever. And we're in, in, in their house, and even though the company's in in Toronto, and they may only have to go in maybe maybe once or twice a week for a, you know for a couple hours just to have a couple of meetings or or whatever. But I mean, we've gotten used to doing uh, uh, Zoom meetings, and uh, so we're kind of uh, you know like it's actually you save time. You know, you have no travel time. You just you meet on Zoom. You get your thing across. I, I still prefer meeting in person with people. 
especially if I'm doing business, because you, you know what? It's just, I don't know, uh, it, it, you, you get things done, but it's just not the same. But, uh, but again, a lot of businesses are operating that way. Um, I think we're going to see a little bit in, in time, a little bit of a disconnection with people in the workplace. Uh, they're not going to know who they are or, or you know, you know, what their uh, associate is in, in the same company. They're going to meet them the first time, maybe at a Christmas party or whatever. But it's, there's going to be a little bit of a distance between all, all people that work together. And it'll probably be a, a virtual Christmas party as well this uh, this December, I'm sure. And, uh, yeah, you make a good point in terms of, you know, getting to know your fellow coworker and especially meeting with clients in person. That personal touch really goes a long way. We'll talk about uh, house flippers struggling to find enough fixer-uppers and we'll also chat about how to figure out where the best place for you to live during the last 15 years of your life. I know it's hard to predict, uh, but it is an important discussion to be had. And we'll have that when we come back here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. My name is Rick Samprin. On the line once again is Rob Golfy, sales representative with Remax's Cartman Realty, the Golfy team. You can find them on the World Wide Web, robgolfy.com, the hottest listings in town on that website. That's Rob, G O L F I.com. If you want to sell your home or you're in the market to buy a house, you got to call Hamilton, Burlington, and Niagara's top real estate team, the Golfy team, 905 575 76 700. That's 905-575-7700. They're owning social media as well. Follow the Golfie team on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you have a topic idea you would like us to discuss on a future program, or you have a question for Rob and the gang, send them an email. Questions at robgolfie.com. Again, that's questions at robgolfie.com. Still to come, we'll talk about a woman in Nova Scotia who's renovating a school bus and plans to live in it. We'll get to that a little later on in the show. Um, the federal election is uh, obviously in full effect. All the parties, you know, campaigning for votes. Uh, the big voting day is September 20th. Advance polls on the way. Mail-in ballots are going to be a big thing. Uh, speaking of big things, one of the big and hot topics on the campaign trail has been real estate, has been housing affordability, housing supply. REMAX is now responding to the federal party's plans. Um, what have you thought? What have you heard? And, and what do you like and not like from what you have heard? Well, you know, what they're all talking about, you know, this crisis of uh, housing. And and I guess the uh, uh, REMAX, um, I can't remember... Um, um, Elton Ash, yeah, Elton Ash uh, is the executive VP of Remax Canada. I'll, yeah, I'll read the you his quote. Vice President oh, did oh. say that. Listen, uh, to resolve this, don't make it so difficult for people to build houses. Don't make it so difficult for builders to build houses. And if they get rid of that, um, uh, 
you know, just remove all the red tape. And what, what, what they said is, uh, it was Elton Ash, it says Vice President of Remax, said in the, uh, in, in missive on the company's website, where should government, uh, where's, where should government involvement lie in assisting developers build products and removing the red tape? We need less government intervention, not more. We need less taxation, not more. A supply side uh, solution needs to be a collaborative effort across all three levels of government. And, th- and that's the biggest thing, you know what I mean? And, it, and will that change? Who knows? We're always going to have a problem. We're always going to have a shortage of homes on the market. And, and housing prices are going to get to a point where no matter what, interest rates are going to be low. And they have to stay low. They have to stay low now because housing prices keep climbing. But there will be a point where the housing prices will hit a ceiling because interest rates, we've, we've maxed out on what we're purchasing because the interest rates are low. But then then we're going to hit a ceiling on the uh, uh, sale price of a home. So um, there'll be a point there where, you know, hey, household income, average income is 90000 or 100000 and you only can buy so much for that. And then after that, once we hit the ceiling, then housing prices will, will stop going up and they'll have to stay there for a while. Uh, the Liberal Party uh, made some waves in terms of one of their suggestions in uh, calling perhaps for the end of blind bidding. Uh, not only has Remax uh, responded with, uh, you know, they're, they're open to transactional transparency, but the Ontario Real Estate Association has also come out and said, listen, we also have to protect the privacy of those who are in the real estate game, so to speak. Yeah, so it, so for, for the seller, blind bidding is definitely a great thing. For the buyer, it isn't. Now, all this bidding stuff is going to, by time they figure it out and get something done, it's, there's not going to be that many multiple offers on things. That's, that's how it goes. They always, you know, they, they, they see the problem and it takes a year or two before they uh, decide to change anything. So just in case there's a future, um, you know, um, influx of homes, you know, like another boom. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know uh, if having an open auction is going to work. I think it's going to hurt a lot of sellers, and it's also uh, going to help uh, buyers. But I think uh, blind bidding—it's—it's—I it's, uh, it, I get it. I—I I understand that from sometimes between the th- highest offer and the second highest offer, there could be fifty thousand, sometimes a hundred thousand dollar difference, and that's where they're trying to uh, have so much inflation go up because the you know the, you know this guy you know gets you know a hundred thousand dollars higher than the second best offer more and meanwhile if it was an open auction it wouldn't have been that much it would have been maybe twenty, ten thousand, or five thousand. so so it, it will control the market going up but not everybody's going to like that uh open auction style in my opinion uh, i i don't think it uh, like how do you do that like you have to have a home inspection done there's a, there's, a, there's a lot more to the to that process than than you think uh, I, I would agree with you. It, it may stunt the um, the price hikes that we've seen, which you know obviously would be good for home buyers. They're not going to have to dig deeper into their wallets. Uh, you know, first time home buyers that'll be a little bit of relief for them, but it doesn't solve the problem of the lack of housing supply. Yeah, exactly. So, just for instance, uh, we we put up a, a house up for sale. For three hundred thirty thousand, we're holding offers, right? Three hundred thirty thousand—that sounds like a great deal. Yeah, where's that? And uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, I know. So I had a, a a guy call me up and said, "Rob, uh, do you think they'll take uh, you know three sixty, three seventy?" And I said, 
I, I, his name was Roger. I said, Roger, it's going to go over 400. And I go, I, I'm not doing any justice for my client if I tell them to take an offer from you before it hits, uh, before we take, you know, the, the scheduled date for the offer date. And I said, you either have to, you, you know, you're going to have to come up a lot more than that. Like he was just thinking, trying to get this deal before everybody else bids on it. And, uh, and it was priced lower for the fact to, to get more money, uh, no doubt. But again, um, it's, you know, like you got guys like that, that are trying to buy these properties and at a lower price and, and they, they don't like going to open auction. They're trying, you know, again, these guys, uh, you know, that's how, that's why the real estate market is going the way it is because there is a huge demand, especially under the 500,000 range. If you got a house under 500, you may end up getting 700 for it and it's only worth maybe 550. So you'd be surprised what, what's happening out there in this market. Some of the political parties also uh, proposing two-year bans on foreign buyers for buying properties in Canada. And again, that doesn't solve the issue either. I mean, it's it's penalizing potential, um, you know, doctors or lawyers or any international individual to come to Canada to 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 get some real estate. Yeah, and then you know what? Do you think we're going to be a country that they want to go to if they can't buy a, a house? Yeah, and and also they just solved the problem for two two years. If you can't buy a house in two years, so that just means okay. So the first bunch, if they implement this, can't buy a house in two years, and two years from now. Well, now everybody's here, it's so it, it'll be back to a normal market. It's just that somebody had to wait two years to buy. And, uh, but with the amount of immigration that's coming in, but I, I just, I don't know. I, I think that it will definitely hurt any, anybody interested in, in investing or even coming to Canada if they do for, uh, foreigners uh, waiting for two years to, to purchase. I think it's just going to hurt Canada more. We have to be competitive in the world market uh, of getting good people here. Without a doubt, REMAX calling for a solution that could come through a national housing strategy that would pri- prioritize growing supply and calling for a more coordinated approach between all three levels of government to really cut that red tape, maybe put in some tax rebates to get more first-time home buyers involved in the market because if there are more homes, uh, those you know those homes are going to be uh, quickly scooped up. But the problem is that red tape and the time it takes to build those homes. Well, and not only that, so we've got the, 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 level, the government level, which is causing a lot of problems and slowing things down with building houses. But we've got another crisis on our hand. It's hard to get tradespeople. So Very true. no matter what, we'll never catch up. It's just, it's just so if it isn't, uh, if it isn't the, you know, the city or the, uh, or the government that's, that's slowing things down for the government, I mean, for, for the builders, it's the tradespeople. We don't have enough, we don't have enough people uh, to build these houses. I knew one builder, he had to stop selling uh, homes. He had a subdivision. He had to stop selling because he didn't, he says, I don't have the manpower to, to build these homes because people will have to wait, you know, two, three, four years for these houses. And uh, so, like, so he had to stop it. And then, you know, so that he could assure that he could build X amount of homes. Otherwise, he could have sold the whole site out completely. So we've got that dilemma coming up now. So there's, if it's, it's, if it's not one thing, it's another thing. So we're, and we haven't hit that, and that hasn't been too much of a topic, but it will be I, in the next two to five years. You're going to see that builders, uh, you're going to have to wait maybe two, three years for a, your house to be built if you're looking at buying a house. And, and nobody wants to wait that long. 
so builders don't have the money to build a hundred homes and then put them up for sale. It's so it, it they, you know, they, they're, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's going to be a crisis for a long time and they got to bring more talent into the country. They got to, and they got to, you know, push more people to get trades and, and they got to bring trades people from all over the world in, into Canada to start, start doing, uh, you know, uh, you know, framing and bricklaying and, you're not going to see as many uh, homes with brick and stone it, because it's hard to find those guys. Um, so things are, we're going to lose quality, quality of homes uh, as time goes on because we're going to lose the tradespeople. Hmm. That's sad to hear, if that's for sure. You can listen to our show online through Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. Just search for the Golfy Real Estate Show in your favorite podcast platform and hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. Still to come, we'll talk about a woman in Nova Scotia who's renovating a school bus, of all things, because she can't find affordable housing in her town in that province, and she plans to live in it in a matter of months. We'll also talk about how to figure out the best place to live during the last 15 years of your life. Hard to predict, but uh, again, an important discussion that we uh, have to have. Um, Home flippers, home renovators, home investors are having a tough time finding properties. Uh, In the U.S., only 2.7% of home sales were flipped during the first quarter. That was the lowest number of homes and condos flipped since 2003. Um, Why is this so hard all of a sudden? Because housing is getting too expensive. So it, it, it's a really big risk in buying a property to flip. Um, we sold one um, uh, that was uh, 300000 We listed three hundred. We got over 500000 for it. Now, if somebody's looking at flipping that, the margins are becoming smaller and smaller. Because, again, when you purchase a house to flip, you don't know what you're getting into. You don't know what's behind the walls. You don't know what's happening. When you go in there and start, you know, ripping things out and doing things, all, there's always more to the house than what you see when you're walking through. So the cost to do that. So, so flippers are being very cautious when, they're, when they are looking at houses. But the problem is there's too many flippers out there, and, and they're pushing the market up. So you got one flipper, he, his margin's got to be a little, little more than, than the other flipper. So you can get a beginner flipper, you know, he's going to, you know, buy it a little bit higher than the other flipper and make his margins less, or he can make a mistake and end up, uh, you know, losing money on that. But there is, uh, uh, flippers are, are getting more cautious in purchasing a house to, to flip just because of the fact they're getting more expensive and it's becoming more difficult. In the last five years, even 10 years, um, you could make a lot of money flipping houses. If anybody was in this business, doing this for the last 10 years, they've done extremely well. And the only biggest regret they probably did is not buy two, three at a time when they're, when they're doing it. But, you know, there's some house flippers that do, do, you know, four or five flips a year, you know what I mean? And they can manage it. They got the money to, to buy them and just keep going, just keep going and keep going. But, uh, but it's, beca- it's becoming tougher and tougher for flippers to uh, purchase uh, homes and flip them just because it's, it, the margins are getting smaller and smaller, so the risk is a little higher. Is that why we're seeing more of those uh, uh, things in the mail to say, hey, we're gonna, we, we can buy your home for cash because they're going to offer you a lot less than what you would get on the open market so they, they can see that return in investment? Absolutely. So they're looking at, yeah, so let's say the, like the average sale price in your neighborhood is $550. they are trying to get your house for four, $450 uh, or $400. And they'll put some money into it, fifty thousand, seventy-five thousand, and sell it for six hundred thousand. Uh, so that's what they're looking for because it is tough to find a house. 
because everybody's bidding on them. They're, they're, they're all going in multiple offers and these uh, flip, flip top, people that want to flip them and, and the margins are no good. That's why everybody's getting, you know, you know, three, uh, two, three letters a month saying I'll buy your house for cash, uh, but it's at a discounted price. Yeah, that's something to uh, to be wary of because you're not going to get that uh, true home value uh, if you were to put it on the market. Is there is there an area in Hamilton that flippers are more active than others? Is it, is it the mountain, downtown, east end, just due to the price point? Yeah, you know, east end and downtown is, is great. Uh, Burlington, you get some of the higher end builders. They're in Aldershot, they're buying they're buying houses for a million one, or and and tearing them down and building brand new houses on hmm. on houses like that and selling them for two and a half million dollars. But um, but yeah, downtown Hamilton, it just depends on you know price and you know if it's a two and a half story or bungalow. It, you know I think it's easier to, to flip a bungalow than it is a two and a half story because you got a lot of plaster and lath, you got more house, you got more you know you got more problems, um, but I mean, they're out there, but it's becoming uh, tougher and tougher to, to find them and flip them. And uh, so it's just, you know, somebody getting into the game, uh, wanting to flip. It, 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 their first one is, is a tough one because they're scared. They're scared. And, and everybody's bidding it. Uh, you're, you know, on those houses. So it's, that's why you almost have to search out and find uh, uh, yourself a, a house without going on the MLS system. But again, if you're buying, uh, a house that seller is 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 going to definitely uh, not do as well on the prices if he was on the uh, MLS system. When we come back, we're going to tackle the average price of a home versus the average income. There is certainly a disparity there. We'll get uh, more on that when the Golfy uh, Real Estate Show continues on 900 CHML. You are listening to a paid commercial program, unless otherwise identified. The guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Homeward bound, I wish I was homeward bound. Home, where my thoughts escaping, home, where my music's playing, home, where my love lies waiting silently for you're listening to the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin chatting with Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax's Scartman Realty, the Golfie team. You can find them online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call Hamilton and Burlington's number one Remax team in volume and unit sales, 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. Follow the Golfie team on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you have a question or a topic idea for a future show send the golfy team an email questions at robgolfie.com that's questions at robgolfie.com still to come we'll talk about a woman in nova scotia who's renovating a school bus and plans to live in it because the affordable housing situation in that province is well just as bad there as it is everywhere else Uh, rob let's chat about median annual family income in canada from 2000 to 2018 and uh, how it's affecting the average price of a home or how, how it compares to an average price of the home. So I'll give our listeners the median annual family income in Canada from that time frame. So back in 2000, it was just over $50,000. Hit sixty grand yeah. in 2005, 
68860 in 2008. Of course, we had the financial crisis or the recession in 0809, so that actually dipped a year later to 68,410, but back up well past 69,000 in 2010, hit over 80,000 in 2015, and the last number we have is from 2018. Uh, 87,930. So that's the median annual family income in Canada. Certainly house prices are well over those figures. Yeah. So, so think about this. The, the average household income in 19, in, in 2000 was 50,800. Mm-hmm. Okay. The average sale price in Hamilton, Hamilton, Burlington combined was 165,000. Okay. So, that, like, that sounds like know, a steal. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a steal. But but the household income, it's still it was still affordable. It was so somebody that's bringing in fifty one thousand for a household, buying a hundred sixty four thousand dollar house, one hundred sixty five thousand dollar house that year, it, it was achievable. Mm-hmm. Achievable. Now you go to two thousand. Let's say two thousand and five. So two thousand five, the average sale price was two hundred thirty seven thousand. Okay. And the average income so is sixty. We're, we're up, uh, yeah, so it, it's gone up quite a bit, and but the income has only gone up ten thousand per household income. So now we go to two thousand ten. Average sale price. I mean, sorry, average uh, household income is just about seventy thousand. Mm-hmm. Two thousand ten. So the average average price of a house is three hundred and twenty five thousand. Look at this. So so from two thousand. We were at fifty-one thousand, and then we've gone up twenty thousand in uh, uh, household income. But average prices doubled in that ten years. Yeah. So, but it, people's income didn't. Now we go. Let's go two thousand eighteen. That is the number we got. Two thousand eighteen. The average household income is eighty-eight thousand. Two thousand eighteen. Well, look at that. Five hundred and sixty-nine thousand is average sale price. <laughs> like it's getting tougher and tougher. Now, the average household income in uh, in in probably right now is probably in ninety three, ninety five thousand. Right in uh, in in our area, probably uh, in the Hamilton, Burlington surrounding area. So, but the average sale price is hitting well over seven hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. The it's just like housing prices have gone up far more than the average household income. So in 20 years, the household income has only gone up about 30, 33,000. But housing prices, I mean, they quad more than quadrupled. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, we're going from 700, uh, you know, uh, now 700,000 from 2000 to 165,000. So I, I get it. People can't afford it. And, um, People's wages aren't going up, and in and, and the economy with the housing prices, it's getting tougher and tougher for uh, for anybody to afford. There's going to be a time where the household income just can't afford the price of the house. Forget about the interest rate. It's going to happen, and it's just going to flatline, and that's when things will settle. And we have I don't know if we got to that level yet or not, because ninety five thousand, you know, buys it does buy a fair amount of a mortgage, but man, there's a lot of people there don't have. Uh, you know, furniture in their in their dining room, and uh, you know, just because of the fact, you know, the house costs a lot of money for them to buy. It's pretty uh, phenomenal. I still have the charts that you gave me on February sixteenth, twenty nineteen. So this is well before 
the pandemic, in which you predicted uh, that the 2019 average sale price would be 591150 and it turned out to be 595769 You're off by 4000 Tisk Tisk, Rob, but uh, almost nailed it on the head. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk about how to figure out the best place to live during the last 15 years of your life. An interesting discussion uh, coming up next here on the Golfy Real Estate Show Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Last go round here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin alongside Rob Golfy, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. You can call Hamilton and Burlington's number one Remax team in volume and unit sales, 905-575-7700, online at robgolfy.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. How to figure out the best place to live during the last 15 years of your life. This is... I don't know, this is kind of hard to do because you don't know when you're going to die. I mean, you might have a pretty good idea if you're in your 70s or 80s or 90s, but you should be in a point, I think, at that point in your life where you're in your, uh, uh, I guess, last house. Is that fair to say? Yeah, so, um, yeah, you don't know where your last 15 years are. Like, you, is it 70, 75? You, you, you don't know. Uh, I think, you know, a lot of people, if they have a bungalow and they're living you know in their house i think um they they can actually stay there almost to their mid 80s depending on their health situation right yeah um but but if it's a two-story um i don't think usually people in their mid 70s are looking to go into a bungalow uh, or even in their early 70s um but uh but after that so my parents my parents uh they just moved uh this year and um it they went into an in-law suite with my sister and uh so and they're really happy about it and actually and my parents lived in that house for about 57 years i mean they bought it in 1964 wow so yeah so they've been there a long like and then i i asked i asked my mom i go how does it feel being here she goes it feels like the other house they were in it was a long time ago that they moved out because she's already settled in Hmm. they you know, they, they've got everything all set up and everything. She goes, it feels like that was, like, even though they just moved, like, three months ago, it feel, it to them, it feels like it was a while ago. Like, it, it's, like it was years ago that they moved from that house. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's funny how the brain settles in real quick on their, on their new place. But um, most people would probably have moved a lot earlier. Um, I know a lot of people that, uh, you know, they don't like moving because they have their house. They've been there forever. Uh, I know people that, you know, if, if cutting the lawn and everything is too much, um, going into a, a bungalow townhouse, I know a lot of people are doing that. Like, like uh, and they, they wish they did it earlier. A lot of them, they wish they did it earlier. And because they're, you know, you know, they're fighting it, you know, they have their little workshop in their garage. They got all their tools and everything else. They've accumulated a lot over the years. 
And but once they do move, they are so happy. Now, going into a, a, a condo, uh, like they're not building condos that big, but I think if if uh, somebody is moving into a condo, they should move into something that's at least nine hundred square feet. Um, you know, because they're living in a either between a twelve hundred to a two thousand square foot home. Going dramatically small might be too much, but living in a condo is great. You can just lock the door and, and take off for two months, and you don't have to worry about anything. Uh, yeah, like it's just it's tough. Yeah, where do you spend your last fifteen years? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's it, it's a tough situation. You know, a lot of people want to stay in their house. You know, they do the reverse mortgage. Uh, I'm not a big fan uh, of the reverse mortgage. Um, it just uh, it, it it you know the it takes a lot of the equity out of the house and. And it takes a lot. It takes a lot away. You can actually do something better with that. But I understand. I understand people want to stay in their house for the yeah. rest of their life, and and I get it. Let's wrap up the show with uh, a woman in Nova Scotia, Lunenburg, Nova Scotia, who is renovating a school bus so she can live in it with her two kids, no less. Um, just she's had a, a tough time finding an affordable place to play. Lunenburg is no different than Hamilton and many other communities in terms of their lack of affordable housing. She actually spent the last two years researching how to renovate uh, school buses, and she's planning to spend the winter in a cottage this year and then continue renovating the bus in hopes to be uh, moving into that bus next summer. This is, uh, I don't know, pretty wild. Yeah, it, it's, you know what, it, it, she's struggling trying to find a uh, uh, an apartment, affordable an apartment, but uh, but I, I get it. It's it's not just moving into a bus. She's probably, you know, she can't afford, she can't afford a, an apartment. They're probably, uh, or, or a house to rent, and she's moving her kids in. So she's almost... Like I, I think the the situation is a lot more sad than than what we're probably reading there, right, and yeah. uh, and I hope it's not happening uh, to a lot of people uh, because the rental the rentals are are becoming too expensive now for most people, uh, and uh, and that's why a lot of tenants you know they're really good at paying their rent on time now just because of the fact that it's not easy to find another place, and uh, but uh, I think there's. Uh, you know, it's hard to tell, but yeah, people are looking for cheaper ways to to live. Mm-hmm. And if that's one and, way, they're going to do it. Yeah, and, and if anything, I mean, we've talked about this on the show as well. You know, people from Ontario, the GTA, looking the East Coast to move, and that's driving up home prices as well, and further, you know, complicating matters out there. We got to run. We're fresh out of time, Rob. Another fantastic show. Thanks for joining us. Of course, if you want to sell your home, call the Golfie team now at nine zero five five seven five seventy seven hundred online at robgolfie.com. Thanks for listening to the Golfie Real Estate Show. We're back next Saturday at nine on nine hundred CHML. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.